Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of The No with me, Nikki Spo. I'm so glad you're here. Today we are talking with Candice Craig, dancer, entrepreneur, and social media extraordinaire. Her start as a professional dancer has taken her down many paths, which ultimately led to the birth of her apparel and beauty line, 5678 Count Me In, and VVI's Lash Collection. I've known Candace for many years, back to our Miami girl high school days, and what I've always admired about her is her unapologetic personality and contagious positivity. She's hilarious, authentic, and glamorous while still keeping it real. In this episode, she opens up about her struggles and journey with PCOS, which affects one in five women. She brings much-needed awareness to a syndrome that is so often misdiagnosed. Candice is amazing, and I love our combo so much. Let's dive right in. Candy! Hey. That's it! <laughs> Candice Craig, what a road it has been. I reminisce in the Kendall girl days of Coral Reef High School and Miami Killian, and man, look at you now making major waves in the dance world and the entertainment world. You have your own apparel line. You recently got all fiancéed up. Congratulations to you both, you and Omar on that. And you got a whole badass life you're living. And you are living that badass life with PCOS, right? Which you recently came out about. And we are going to get into all of that. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Ah, man, it's wild. I interviewed our mutual friend, Stephanie Shepard, recently. And we were talking about the early LA days and it seems like so long ago and only yesterday, like at the same time. So I moved out to LA in about 2010. When did, when did you move to LA from Miami? About the same time. Like it's been, I mean, it's been at least 12 years. And what was your goal? My goal was to be, um, your favorite pop star and uh, your favorite dancer meets actress that had like the the black version of J-Lo. That's what I wanted to be. I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. The black version of J-Lo. Yeah. The Haitian oh version of J-Lo. Haitian. I love it. <laughs> so booked and busy, right? Like you had the opportunity to work with some pretty amazing artists along your journey. Nikki, Brittany, Diddy, Sierra, Pitbull, Mark Anthony. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure I'm missing some in there, but I'm talking about like you've been on world tours in music videos and in movies. So what has been your favorite dance experience? Um, I think my favorite dance experience, it's hard to pick because everything was has always been so heightened, but I definitely say just being able to go around the world, especially for the first time on a paid situation where I didn't have to come out of pocket. So like seeing the world and then also getting paid for it was, has just been like a crazy, crazy experience and just um, really just diving into everybody's culture around the world, learning you know, just cultural things from different places, literally around the world, there's just nothing better. So dance literally brought me around the world and I couldn't be more thankful. And so you danced your entire life. Yeah. I, it started with a little bit of ballet and tap, like when I was so small, like three, four years old, but it turned into gymnastics, which was like a real thing, um, for a long time. And then we input, we, we added ballet into the gymnastics training and then I realized on floor like in the category of floor I was like accelerating so I just decided to just go for the dance situation and then from there on went to like performing arts schools my whole entire life went to dance attack and turned into this beast monster dancer I had no time for anything else and then from there it was just going 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 
So dance life like nonstop, 24-7, all the time. Nonstop. That's my base. That's my root. That's my first love. And I don't know what I would do or where I would be without it. Were, are your parents, so you mentioned your your Haitian heritage. Are you, Were you born in Haiti? Were your parents, did they, did they move here from there? They're both from Haiti, but they're both half Cuban, half Haitian. So both of the moms were from Haiti and both of the dads were from Cuba. So, I mean, hence Miami, right? So I, blew, I grew up in Miami. They both moved to Miami when they had my brother and I. And um, yeah, I grew up there in the Miami dance culture at Univision, um, you know, growing up on TV, Latin television. And um, yeah, so my parents are both half and half, but they were both born in Haiti. What's the situation over there? It's like, what is happening? Going on? Like, what is going on? It's outrageous. Everything that you've been seeing, I've been seeing. And my family reports back to me. My family, though, thank God, um, the ones that are actually still living there, everybody's doing good. Everybody has, you know, security. We, they live a different type of life over there. Um, you know, they run companies over there, some of them part of government. And um, it's just a mess. And, you know, we're just dealing with it day by day. Yeah, day by day, earthquakes, thank God nobody got hurt. Uh, we've been a few times in a row. They all just so happened to not be in places where things went down and, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just been hit. They just keep getting hit. They just keep getting hit. Well, wishing them all the best. Always, you know, like hoping, just man, hoping for change to happen in a way that is sustainable and good for more people, right? So in addition to your dance background, uh, you're multi-talented. You sing too. How was the pursuit of your dance career different from your singing aspirations? Um, I just felt like sing- dancing always just came way easier. Like I had to really train to do vocals. Like I used to run and sing. I used to do all kinds of things. Dance kind of just fell on my lap. I kind of just, it was just more natural and whatever came, came, you know? Um, but I mean, obviously I did have to train hard and, you know, sacrifice a lot, but it was just, it was more God given. It was a gift. I like the beat, it lives inside of me when the music starts, it kind of just hits me in my body and I can't help it. Like if God forbid some Cuban music comes on, it's over <laughs> and I'm getting up and I'm, I'm doing some kind of weird chant, but, um, so music, it's just always been something that I wanted to do because I didn't want to ever fall into like background dancer. I just kind of, that always irked me for some reason, even though dance has always been the, the primary source. It's just like, for me, it was like something that we can be acknowledged by something that isn't background, something that, you know, and I know that voice actually is more prominent in, in our society that we live in. So I wanted to try something that would put me in a more prominent place so that I can be a more influence and really just kind of take the world into my world. Um, but it's, it, it was, music is such a love hate situation. I need it. I love it. I do it all the time, but it's just career wise. It's just been so much harder and I, I've kind of just fell more into the entrepreneur vibe. When I'm hearing you say that, like you wanted to be in a prominent position to use your influence, right? Like in one way you have your mindset and this is how it's going to be, right? This is how it's going to be. This is how I'm going to get there. Like, this is my plan. This is Gandhi's plan, mm-hmm. right? Gandhi's but, plan. <laughs> but like, look at the road we take and that you've taken, right? And so in a roundabout way, like it may not have been a straight line, but you got here at some point. Now you have so much influence. You really do. You have so much influence. You are in a prominent position, like you were mentioning before, like to have an impact on people in whatever capacity that might be. 
It's so crazy that you say that because nobody really talks about that. People don't talk about, yeah, I had a vision. I manifest. I study. I do all the right things. I drink my water. I'm like super focused. (laughs) Yeah. Do everything, trying to do it right, trying to do it perfect. But life sometimes takes you roundabout ways. And you're right. I didn't know that this would be something that I would, the internet would help me get to a place where we can influence and we can, you know, do things, anything I want to do, run a company, start a whole company. You know what I mean? You can't really guide yourself. You can only guide yourself so much. Life will take over sometimes, but as long as you stay focused and the plan was never to be famous, it was always to be rooted into some type of art. It seems like you also got into like this video trend before it was like a massive trend, like what it is today right? Like you were producing your own videos and this, I feel like, I mean, me from the outside looking at you, like, I feel like it happened super fast, like quick, like you jumped on this trend. I mean, like I said, it wasn't even a trend. You like jumped on this skill set that you had. Like, I remember asking our mutual friend, Jamie, like, okay, I mean, is she having like people like doing this? And I feel like at the time you weren't like you were doing this production, like it was your creative input from jump. It's definitely been one of those situations where like I love collaborating with the best people in their field. Um, I'm one of that too, but um, yeah, it's all self, a lot of it is self taped. A lot of it is on our phone still. Um, uh, once I learned that content is King or will be King, um, that kind of just, you just tap into whatever, you know, whatever you love. And from that point on, it's just been like, learn how to record, learn how to edit, learn these lights um learn how to and I'm, I'm living in LA right so I knew that I made a sacrifice moving from Florida away from my family away from hugs and kisses and free meals to be over here grind and learn and I felt like I never wanted to really always have my career be dictated by an audition that I have, would have to go break my back in half for somebody to potentially be like yes no maybe so like I wanted to always be kind of more in control. So I felt like with controlling my own shoots, with controlling my own edits, with controlling what the skit would be or the funny video or the serious video would be, the campaign, whatever it may be, um, I just felt a little bit more free and it made me turn in, um, go into another creative space. What gave you the foresight to tap into that like so early on? Um, just seeing the people around me... Um, the influencers around me, they really, Daystorm, Leanne, um, at the time it was, it was them, uh, Don Benjamin. It was my friends that did that, uh, did that kind of thing. And they kind of showed me the way, you know, like, Hey, this is what we did here. This is what we're doing now. And, um, I, I credit them so much because they showed me how to shoot. They showed me how to edit. They showed me, hey, you could really make a living off of this. Um, this is, I'm getting these kinds of products and I'm doing these kinds of things. And yeah, it looks silly maybe from the outside looking in like, oh yeah, they're just shooting videos all day or they're just hanging out shooting, shooting Instagram videos. But like to see their lifestyles and see how everything kind of changed for them, um, they were definitely a motivating factor and I learned from them and we all have our own platforms you know and everybody has their own niche and which is really really cool so everybody helps each other in this space at least my friends do um I was gonna ask you about that yeah it's it's very it could be very catty if you are in the wrong circle but I felt like I feel like 
I've done really good with um, doing a lot of reading and I feel like it's very important to know who you keep around, um, know who's filling your cup, know who, uh, you're filling their cup, you know, the exchange. I'm very big on energies. I'm very big on draining, uh, you know, just all kinds of energies. I, I, I cannot, because I'm out here by myself before I, you know, before I had my fiance, um, I had to be very aware of my circle. I was building a whole new circle. So um, since the beginning, I've been very aware of that. And um, because of the fact- And it's hard in LA. Absolutely. It wasn't easy. It was not like I came here, found friends, and then was like, oh, you guys do the internet? Okay, cool. Let's do it. And let's run with it. Are you kidding? I was um, sleeping on um, on my dance friend's couch for their relate. There was a gay couple and I was living on their couch for- a few months before I could even, I was doing $5 a day, um, $5 footlongs a day. Just I feel like we might've gone to a $5 footlong together. I'm not going to lie. Like, no. I feel like we might've had one of those, one of those days. Absolutely. Yeah. It started out very humble beginnings. I'll tell you that. But, um, yeah, it's been crazy. And, um, I just thank my friends. I'm happy that I got to find them. We, we all met at a bowling alley on a random night and, you know, they saw dancing things that I did and they're like, we would love to collaborate with you. And then from there, it just kind of just went. And can we talk about your sense of humor? What sense of humor, girl? I have none. What? Are you kidding me? So, okay. Like. I think before, like, I really knew you as a dancer, right? Like, and we had friends in common, like, going back to Miami or whatever. But I'm like, this girl's funny. This girl's funny as... We just, I just really don't take anything too serious. Life is way too serious. And um, I blame my brother. Like, I have an older brother. He's eight years older than me. He's always made me laugh. He's always just been so funny to me. And, like, I see how I used to see how people would just, like, love laughing with him. And, you know, I just kind of took that and, like, was like, you know, you're you're fun. I like having fun. I like laughing. And I don't like to take things too serious. You, you would notice that really, really fast. It's just, it's a good time. I love that. So what about your apparel line? It's called five, six, seven, eight, count me in, but it's in um, Roman numerals. So it's V, V, I, V, I, I, V, I, I, I. Um, it's very confusing for, for some people. It's a conversation starter for others, but um, it's a dance apparel line that I started about three years ago when, before the pandemic, obviously. Um, it was one of those times when I was out of work with dance. Um, I knew that from touring, I had just gotten off tours and I was like, man, there's not a line that I can buy right now that will be good for me to be going on a plane, getting off the plane, then going straight into tech rehearsal, um, going uh, straight from tech rehearsal to lunch, then being able to go back into a rehearsal. Like there's nothing that I have found that's like, because, you know, especially working with Pitbull or certain people like that, like you got to look a certain way, you got to feel a certain way, and they expect you to show up to rehearsal in that Miami girl expectation of a dancer, okay? So I just remember being like, there's nothing that is the through line to all these rehearsals that I have, and I want to be that. And there's no dance-based clothing line that I know of, so let me just make my own. So, of course, it was going to be called 5678 Count Me In, because Count Me In is... Literally five, six, seven, eight is the most common, commonly used dance phrase ever. And um, count me in is when we all come together to hit the first step. So there was no, it was a no brainer with the name, came up with it. And um, 
just we focus on sweat sets and dance apparel, um, activewear apparel. Now that I work out a lot more, I do a lot more yoga. So I'm also incorporating that. But we've also branched out into the beauty side where the showgirl side. So it's um, we've done VVI's Lash, which has done. In- well, that's right. It's done. In, it's done. It's the best thing ever. I wanted to create my first beauty product that really resonated with me. You'll never catch me without a lash ever. Um, and I, something that I know, something that I breathe, something that I'm very, very good at doing. And I am always like, "What are you wearing a lash? Like, what do we need to do to like fix this? So <laughs> come that, teach me, please. I got you. I, but honestly, you, your natural lashes are living. If those are them, Thank you. Yeah. You, yeah. I, love, I love the natural lash look and I'm kind of getting into that more. So I'm starting to work on something else in that space. But um, yeah, the VVI's lashes did amazing. Then JLo wore them and then Cardi B wore them a week after. Oh, what a dream. It was over at that point. At that point, I was like, I can give up right now. I could die right now and everything will be fine. Like, honestly, when JLo wore them, I started crying. My, my I bet. Because you wanted to be the Black JLo. Because I am the Black JLo in my you body. Are, you are. Excuse me. You are. I am. I've manifested it. And she wore them. <laughs> she wore them. And it's in a music video. And then Cardi wore them for Christmas. Like, honestly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then we're- How do you, wait, how did that even happen? Do you send them lashes? Are you no, like I here? Don't. I didn't know them to send them lashes. No, I, I bought them. I've, no, they didn't buy them. What it is, is I've built my makeup artist like list Your network because I've been working with everybody. So I literally just sent them to the people that I've worked with. And it just yeah. happened to be that date that I sent it. One of the makeup artists went to her that day. She, he was like, you're going to gag when you hear this. But I cannot. I cannot. Yo. And he was like, um, I just got booked for JLo today. Like, I've never even worked with her. This was the first time, and I'm going to bring your lashes. And then to a couple of days later, he was like, you're not going to believe this, but JLo literally picked yours out of the lineup that I had because okay. of the diamond box. Okay, but did you blow up after that? So, like, how do you even sustain production after no, something like that? It's not It's not like she's, like, posted and tagged me, but I knew internally. So, internally, I sold out. <laughs> but it really took a, it took some time. It, you think people think that it's, like, literally the quickest turnover time. Like, absolutely not. But, but um, it did do well. People were like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then we did, like, a Christmas drop and then with these huge packaging and like everything like that. And like, that's when they just started going really crazy. They're sold out right now. And we are working on our biggest, like biggest inventory now for, for next year. So. Oh my gosh. So who's your target customer then? Like when we're talking about, okay. Like, and in two parts, right. Who's your target customer for your, um, five, six, seven, eight apparel line. And also who's your target customer for these lashes? The target customer right now, obviously, it it, it goes up and down because sometimes I have unisex clothes. So it's when I do unisex, it's like a lot of men buy the sets with their with their women, and like it's like we sell things like in sets like that. But predominantly, mm-hmm. it's women between fifteen to forty, honestly, mm-hmm. and um, it's the sizes because everybody requests from extra small to extra large. And I'm learning that like, you cannot, you cannot just be small to large, even though a lot of inventory is that, but the, I make sure that the material is like uber stretched or like, um, 
compression and uh, contour. So um, all my sets, they vary like that. So that's that's mostly um, who I have as my target audience for that. And then my lashes are just my, you know what? Everybody loves the natural lashes more than they like the big, big showgirl lashes. And then when I do get the showgirl lash um, orders, it's like in bulk. So whoever wants those, they like get a whole bunch. But like, I think my natural lashes, the ones that are like this, they're a little bit like more spaced out and more calm, more chill. Um, those are the people that like those. Recently, you have used your platform to speak your truth and share your experiences with and bring awareness to PCOS. Mm -hmm. So first of all, what exactly is PCOS? I feel like it's not something that everyone is really familiar with. Um, PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome or ovary syndrome. It's pretty much, it's so many things. Um, it's really, it's when there's a lot of cysts in your ovaries, they can see that through like, um, the sonogram, but pretty much for me, it's just been a blood sugar situation. So I cannot, I couldn't lose weight with PCOS because my sugar intake would be registered in my body as fat rather than energy. So is this like an insulin situation? An insulin situation, insulin resistance situation. And it happens with every one in five women. It's misdiagnosed no. all the time. One in five. One in five. And I just- That's a lot. Out, yeah. And I found out from my OBGYN, um, Dr. Ty Alibadi over here in California in Beverly Hills, um, had no idea what it was. And she told me about it. And I literally, it's the number one reason for infertility as well. So that's a whole nother conversation. Um, didn't even know that that was a thing. Um, but we haven't even started trying, my fiance and I haven't even tried, started trying yet. So that's like not even a space that we go into yet. We're just kind of I noticed my uh, my weight couldn't I couldn't lose my weight no matter what I did. Obviously, dance background. I'm very aware of my body. I'm always in the mirror. That's how I learn. That's just just always been a thing. Without even having a weight, like literally just looking at myself, I know what's going on. Um, also, diet has always been a part of my life. Obviously, cutting out carbs since I turned 25. That was a whole thing. Um, cutting out dairy, cutting out meat, going vegan, going keto. Um, literally trying all kinds of things, um, going to workouts twice a day rather than once a day, doing everything you could imagine. And even my fiance and I were doing the same diets and the same workouts at the same time. He's literally losing weight and I'm literally gaining weight. So at that point I was like, okay, so like actually gaining, like not actually gaining, stabilizing, no, gaining, no, not stabilized, actually gaining, not to mention just like random, um, the the my periods were irregular it would sometimes come early sometimes come late um just like obviously pms boobs get massive every time they feel like they're about to fall off um the, it, the list goes on um but pretty much pcos is a list of symptoms that the doctors know like if you have three out of the five you have pcos so um i am definitely a candidate for pcos and um, I have lost so far about 30 pounds in the past six months. Um, that's, that was my goal weight. I'm at my goal weight now. 
And Good for it's you. Crazy. It's been crazy. I've been on a strict diet. I've also been taking medication. And now I'm in the stage where I'm trying to get off the medication to go strictly sugar-free, dairy-free, no matter what. Like, there's no bit of sugar. Like, I can't even really have fruits. Only a certain Fruits. I was going to ask you, like, about fruits. Yeah, certain types. Not even. I'm allowed to have. But, like, still, like, if I cut fruits out completely then that's like a better remedy. Like I have to cut out sugar completely. This also PCOS, is, has we don't have a cure yet. So I'm case study, um, trying to figure it out. But um, but I've definitely been helping a lot of women on the way. I have, I've, I've um, directed a lot of my friends and family and also a lot of my following to go to their doctors, ask their doctors. Half the doctors don't even know what it is. Um, but, That's, uh, so I was going to ask you, like, what's up with a misdiagnosis? They just don't know about it. And I asked my doctor, and I'm like, why? What's going on? She's like, I wish I could tell you why. Oh, my gosh. There's no answer. So a while back, you know, like, one of my best childhood friends, she's the the godmother of my sons. Mm-hmm. You know, she was going through this, and she was like, I don't know why I'm just gaining weight and gaining weight. And that had, like, a, I remember, like – I didn't know what to say. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I knew she was working out like, like you're talking about, yeah. right? Like she was doing all the things exactly like you're saying, like cutting out, like having a very strict diet, working out, you know, however, like several times a week, you know, and that was what was feasible for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing her feel like alone and defeated. So what were the, some of the feelings like before you knew that you had PCOS, like what were you feeling? I was feeling like, I shouldn't feel a way about weight. I, it kind of was like, there's so many worse things going on in this world, mm. especially during the pandemic, especially all the things that with Black Lives Matter happening, all kinds of things. This is like in the midst of it. And I'm over here like feeling down and feeling depressed and feeling sad about something as little as weight. So I was, it was like a mental, like, whole situation because I felt I was also losing jobs. I was not as accepted in like not getting booked. Popular. Like what? I wasn't getting booked. I was losing, I was losing jobs, um, even through social media, you know? Um, and obviously they wouldn't say that that's what it was for, but maybe my energy was different. Maybe I wasn't radiating. Maybe, you know, it could be a whole bunch of things, but I know even it was just like, and then on top of that, I felt like family and friends weren't being honest. I would be like, Hey, I feel I look really big right now, right? And like it would be the only thing I would talk about. It was like a, I felt like I was turning into like this negative ball of just like negativity, which I'm never. I'm very light. I've, if you've known me, like I wake up the same as I go to bed, and my mood is pretty much the same majority of the time. I didn't even know who I was anymore. It started getting so dramatic, and I just remember being like. I don't know what this is. And I feel like a child even talking about my weight. I feel like it's so minute to the world, but like, I don't feel good. And really what it was when Omar and I, my fiance and I started, he was just literally losing and I was gaining. I was like, something is wrong. Something's wrong. And I know that I need to go get it figured out no matter what I do. And let me just figure it out. I went to different doctors in Florida. Everybody was handing back my tests. Like you're healthy. You're fine. You're good. You don't need any help. Maybe you should just try to switch your diet. And like literally driving me even more crazy until I found the right doctor. Um, I just wouldn't give up. I think that's really important, right? Like the whole not giving up part, because I think a lot of people in this position feel helpless. Like, and like, because they do that, they go to the doctors and they're like, yeah, you know, you're good or whatever. And 
it feels defeating. Like you feel defeated, I would imagine. Years of it too. It's not like just like a month or two months. Oh, I'm feeling like time after time after time after time. And it's just like, I don't even like the person I'm becoming. I don't like being a negative being. And I'm realizing because I sense energies about everybody else, I'm like, no, this energy is coming from me. So I need to fix it somehow, some way. Did this affect your relationship with your fiance um, at all? And I don't mean like the weight. I mean, like your energy, your emotional well-being part. Did that wear on your relationship. Absolutely. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm just like, I'm so sorry, honey, that you had to even deal with me. And <laughs> like, even though he has mood swings too, you know, um, I look back and I'm just like, he's just like, you just walk around now and you're just walking around the house and you're shaking your tits and you're just back to your <laughs> normal, normal wild self. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know where she went. She was missing for a while. So absolutely. Um, but we're best friends. So he was right along there with me for the whole entire ride, you know, and it's just been, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy roller coaster. but I'm just happy he stuck it out with me. Um, what's the most frustrating things that people would say? You mentioned like your family or like other friends, like not, not getting it. And you would be like, I look big. Like what were some of the things that would just like drive you mad that they would say? They would just be like, you look fine. You look good. They were not trying to hurt my feelings, you know? They were being loving and they were being caring and there's nothing that they could have said that would make me feel better. And then um, also my fiance is also a former athlete. So when he would say things like, well, you just need to work out like a little bit harder or you would need, you need to like really be sweating when you're on the cardio machine. Like you, you know, that kind of stuff. I'd be like, I am literally trying everything. Like, are you guys not listening to me? Nobody's hearing me. I am, I'm here. I'm, I'm walking out drenched. What else am I supposed to do? Do I have to like literally kill myself on the treadmill to be able to lose a pound? You're doing all this work to like drop a minuscule amount, and it's right? Still not or or like, or just keep yourself the same yeah. and like prevent yourself from gaining more weight, right? Absolutely. And and the the I think the kicker for me was like, people would be like, well, you need to change your diet or you need to eat or you need to work out a little bit harder. And it's just like, if I do anything else, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to explode. So that in itself was really, really annoying. In your YouTube series, I vividly recall you discussing how superficial you felt. And you mentioned it here too, like about your weight and how the weight gain, moodiness and intense PMS made you feel. And body positivity is such a, like, you know, it's like a, it's a thing right now, you know, and it's great to see all these brands like and like your brand, right? Like having a wide range of sizes for everybody and encouraging people to really love their bodies. Um, and despite that encouragement to love our bodies and the inside work that a lot of us do to actually do that, right? To actually feel like we do love our bodies. Why do you think there's still shame around the desire to be fit, you know, at a lighter weight or look a certain way? Because it's like a reverse yeah. body shame in, in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just actually watching something on that last night. It's It's been since the beginning of time, this kind of um, body shaming or a, a need to look a certain way. Um, for me, it's more just about being healthy. Like whatever your healthy point is, whatever makes you feel the most active and alive is where you need to be like yeah i'm down 30 pounds because i, I had to I'm, I'm literally a test study for myself with medication and stuff like that but i feel way better i am i'm fitting into the clothes that i like um so i think the world is in a uh, it's in a weird place but it has been like this since 
the beginning of time when people were wearing makeup and doing plastic surgery for TV and movies back in the day when everybody, whatever. But there is also like a self-grooming um, chip in us since we've, since we were born, you know, um, feeling good and doing good is very important and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just about really what you feel walking into life every single day, I feel like is the most prominent and not really what this person and that person is thinking, but like doing it for yourself. So what does life look like for you now in terms of your health, your fitness, your diet? I'm working on now getting off medication. So I'm, I'm like so afraid to take the leap because I don't want to go back to the um, the world that I was in a few a few months ago. So I'm transitioning over to completely holistic diet and exercise with no medication and continuing to do the same workouts. Um, I do low intensity workouts now, which are yoga based, dance based, um, just stress free because um, being stressed out actually releases a hormone in your body that actually physically makes me gain weight too. So I can't be stressed out. So it's like, and that's like cyclical, right? So yeah. like you're stressed out about like having all this weight gain and like your mood and just not feeling like yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And being stressed out about stressed out about that actually just makes it worse. It makes it worse. So I'm technically like, not allowed to how do you life. stop that? Yeah. You just stay stressed out. You stay stress free. You go to yoga, you Zen, you meditate, you read, you books, do your meditations you with people that make you happy. You wear colors mm. that make you happy. You don't um, gossip. The negative shit, you gotta kick it out because you genuinely are gonna die from it. Like you, I, I will die from being around negative people or, or allowing negative things to be in my space. So, like this is you're in my glamour totally. right now. This is my happy space. I'm. I feel myself here. You know. Um, I'm just, I'm very, that's why everything that I do has to be coming from love and like ego and all that stuff has got to go. And to the women out there living with PCOS and even those who have not been diagnosed yet, but maybe suffering from some of the symptoms that we talked about, what is your message to those people? Honestly, don't give up on yourself. You are not alone. And um, just, yeah, just don't give up on yourself. Find a doctor that can help you. Um, Find a local, like, try to do no sugar. Try as hard as you can. Start with no sugar and see how that goes. And I promise you, because that's the root of the whole situation to begin with, um, sugar is the base of the whole situation that we're talking about because it doesn't register properly in our bodies. So try to not do any sugar and stay happy, healthy, and keep the right people around you. Candace, I've always admired how real and authentic you are. And before, like, real and authentic thing was like a thing. You know what I mean? Like being, living my most authentic life, which is like one of the pillars of my show. But like, you've been that from like day one, day one. I've always admired that in you. And I'm just so thankful that you've taken the time to chat with me today on The Know. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And thank you for spreading awareness about PCOS. Like women, totally. everybody, uh, so many people have DM'd me about it. And so many people... I've been able to learn so much, you know, from the world of the internet. Like, I'm so connected right now because of this situation. So I'm so thankful. And I thank you for bringing us women on here to shed light on all these amazing things. Um, So congratulations to you. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. 
Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Thank you.